Hello, and thank you for listening to episode 452 of 60MW. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. And this is the Decade of Decadence show for May and June 2022. And Tom, before I go any further, I need to press another button. And you just, and us, obviously, and everybody listening, just have a listen to this for 30 seconds. think you'll join me in saying tom that we we raise a glass and tip our proverbial hats anybody that recognizes that don't we a beautiful quality audio (laughs) it is for anybody that didn't recognize it that was the theme tune to eat his picture house which the first the full version as well the full the full you cut it down to yeah i cut it down to about 15 seconds i think instead of um instead of 30 uh we celebrate 10 years podcasting together this month mate 10 years, an actual decade. What the fuck? <laughs> Isn't it crazy? You think back now, 10 years since that first episode of 80s Picture House. Auspicious first episode. Yeah. I listened to the beginning of it. I almost played the actual audio from episode one of the intro and the intro music. And it is so tinny. <laughs> it's terrible. It really is. It's, oh my God, that's like so, so tinny. Uh, but yeah, here we are. 10 years later, still still talking bollocks about the 1980s. How about that? <laughs> who, who'd have thought it? <laughs> who'd have thought? Surely they can't keep going for 10 years just talking shit like this. Um, and we defied everybody. And yes, of course we can. Uh, we, found, <laughs> we found a way. <laughs> we did. Uh, yeah. 178 shows. Uh, so much stuff that we did with that, mate. Uh, you know, the, the whole Samurai Cop commentary we're on the blu-ray for the commentary track um for that our friendship with Stuart chapin from shotgun um getting the word spiffy out there was another one that went on we got people using that hulk hogan's glow stick oh the uh the uh, the, uh sex tape trial or whatever that was <clears throat> the weekly updates god when we recorded recording weekly i know that was ridiculous wasn't it a show every week and then one one of the things, and I don't think I don't think we've ever had them in these shows, but it was a it was a regular back in the days of Eighties Picture House, was the post show bloopers. There was so many yeah. where we'd fuck up, but I think a lot to do with it is because we wrote more down in those days, and yeah. you know we'd we'd do yeah we'd probably do more prep than we do these days, and we'd actually write things down and read them. And then, as, yeah, as, we, as we were reading them verbatim, we would obviously screw up a little bit, and then one of us would inevitably get the giggles, and yeah. then that would set, set the other one off, and then that would be it. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was that that got us onto uh, onto podcasting together, mate. And and here we are, still doing it. Hard to believe, twenty twenty two. God, if you told us in back in June, God, we were, <laughs> the way it was going at the start, we didn't think we'd be last. Much more than a month, I think. <laughs> it was uh, it was a rocky start for yes. which, which long time listeners, and I know there are, and thank you. 
to uh, I know there's people that listened have listened to us since the days of 80s Picture House. There is, in fact, I've got an email to read out, mate, which is a good segue. I'll read it now. It's, Go on. It's it's from Ben Wyatt over there. The Tasmanian Tees, the um, the hundred percent Tasmanian beef himself. It got a lovely email from him. Uh, Happy ten years of podcasting. I remember playing Mass Effect multiplayer with Kid Dog when he recommended you guys. You were already in the post-John era. (laughs) Brackets, thank fuck. And and keenly looked forward to a new episode each week. Like you said there, mate, every bloody week. Uh, Some memories that come to mind are everything Samurai Cop related and the awesome things that movie brought to you. Everything shotgun related. I mean, two movies there, if people listening to this, if you haven't seen Samurai Cop or Shotgun, just go and watch them immediately. Uh, the two Halloween spectaculars. Yes, even the second one was great, despite that random guy joining in and talking about hoverboards. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just try and blank that second one out. I know I say every time, God, I was so fucked off. <laughs> I was like, as an angry man. But <laughs> that first one, first incredible one. achievement. Yeah. Still... Honestly, think that's one of the best things we've done. Yeah. And God, how did we do that? How did we get everyone? Why? The thing is, in one. And yeah. We put that out almost as live. Yeah, we did because we recorded it all live instead of recording it over, which anybody, any sensible person would do. Record it over a week or two and then edit it together. Yeah. But no, let's time it all live enough people from all over the world joining in via Skype. <laughs> I mean, that's probably why we thought we could do it live the next year. We did, and it... <laughs> yeah, crashed and burned big time. <laughs> yeah, died on its ass. <laughs> yeah, we have re-released the first Halloween show that we did. If people haven't listened to that, don't think we'll ever re-release the second one. Mm. Mm. Uh, they can't all be winners. No, in the ten years, <laughs> no, you're bound to have a few duds over that time. Uh, he continues. Tom's cover of "Don't Stop Believing." What? Yeah, I'm trying to remember that, Ben. Ah. Ben, no. re- remind <laughs> us. Send us another email. Remind <laughs> us about Tom's cover of "Don't Stop Believing." Uh, ex- yeah, I, I have no recollection. No, uh, the Expendables two red carpet experience. Oh my god! Oh that, that, Jesus! Yeah, that was an event. Um, Dave's OAP shag list. I'll have you know, it's it's my. Let's be correct about this. It's my OAP hot list. I'll have you know. Oh yeah, so, um, very important distinction there. It is. <laughs> uh, Hard Ticket to Hawaii. I mean, that was the first film that we talked about. Yeah, um, yeah, that was uh, that led us on to talking to Arlene Sedaris. And yeah, yeah. We covered some more of the um, Malibu Bay films um, along the way as well. Definitely. Uh, that guy taking a dump during an interview. <laughs> that guy. I think that, I think that was an anniversary recently because it came up on my Facebook memories. Nice. And it's just like, I always bring it up. Um, that's people like, yeah, we did this once and... This happened. Yeah. You don't expect to be somebody to be having a poo when you interview them. But hey, right. like we said, over, over 10 years, anything can happen. <laughs> uh, it really was a different era in all our podcasting days back then. Mm. There, there was a fantastic community um, of shows always popping up on each other's podcast between 80s Picture House, The Same Coin, Game Burst, Asia Mania, and others, I'm sure. Anyway, congrats on 10 years. Much love to you both, and Tina too. Thank you, Ben. That's lovely. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Yeah, that's really good. So, yeah, here we sit. 10 years later, still going on. What what do you reckon, mate? Are we going to hit our 20th? Well, I mean, now we're this far in, 
So, <laughs> yeah, why, why as long not? as if we've still got stuff to talk about, then... Yeah. Why stop now? Well, talking about things to talk about, I mean, because we haven't recorded for a couple of months, my list of stuff to talk about is huge. And I think it's yeah, quite... Yeah, mine's essentially just the contents of my diary since I've actually looked back. Uh, April the 22nd is when we last recorded, so... Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I've, got a, I've got all the relevant content, uh, stuff about that to go through, so... I think it's quite prophetic, really, that on the anniversary of our 10th year of recording together, that... I mean, just to pull the curtain back a little bit, we got it planned because there was there was going to be the May show, of course, that we didn't do, and then it'd be the June show. It was going to be my rewatch pick. I was going to pick Hard Ticket to Hawaii because I thought, oh, 10 years later, let's go back to it. Um, but because I haven't rec- re- recorded, so that's gone. I was as well. I was going to go through loads of old episodes and pull bits out, so yeah. as well as... You know, I was going to play the old theme tune. I was going to pull little, little bits out. I was going to get some of the best of the the bloopers and this, that, and the other. But because because it's not been the best couple of months for either of us, really, with different things going on, hence why we couldn't record. Just not had the time to do it. But I think I think that just shows one of the things we've learned in the ten years of podcasting is shit happens. It doesn't matter how much you plan stuff. Yeah, a lot of the time it just doesn't work out. So. In a way, it's it's quite fitting, really, that I couldn't get to do that. So, yeah, I'll I'll keep that back for our twentieth anniversary. Yes, do yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be I'll be retired then, mate. I'll have the time. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, actually, will I? Ooh. I know, are you? No, not quite. I don't no, think. not Ooh. quite. No, not quite retired. I'll be coming up to it. So, um, yeah, maybe we'll have to wait for a twenty fifth silver anniversary. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, while actually, um, while I'm on the subject of talking about Ben as well, who sent us that great email, uh, he did get in touch with us after the, the last show that we did. You know, when we were talking about the top 100 movies of the 80s that was in Rolling Stone magazine? Yes. He's seen 31 of them. Which, again, it's just like, that's not bad. That's not bad. Mm. Mm. There is there is a new a new list for everybody to join in and I will put the link in the podcast notes as well so please email us tweet us let us know before we record the next show which will hopefully be in July end of July and it is it's IMDB's bottom 100 films yeah yeah I had a look I've seen 45 holy shit of the bottom 100. Right. I have seen 26. <laughs> I jotted them down. Um, I mean, I've I saw, like, in the top, of the top 25, I've seen three. So, um, I mean, these are bad films. There's a few that I was surprised I didn't see. Like, I've never seen Speed 2, Cruise Control, shit like that. Oh, mate. Oh, wow, it's so funny you should say that. We were sat here this afternoon, and Tina said... Um, Oh, put something on. She wasn't bothered what I put on. She just wanted to relax. We'd had a pretty bad day. And um, she just wanted to put her feet up. I thought, right, you know what? And I don't know why it popped into my head. I thought, I haven't seen Speed 2 for ages. So I put it on. It's on Amazon Prime. And I put it yes, on. Yes, I keep seeing it on there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but it was it was pan and scan. And I couldn't be doing it. I watched like the first two minutes. Oh, really? And, yeah. I mean, it's only Cruise 2. Cruise 2, Speed 2. But like, yeah. still, no, I want some to... of the shit that's on there in perfect... 
HD quality. Exactly, yeah. So I turned it off. I thought, no, I want to watch it in widescreen. So I ended up putting, um, still on Amazon. And that was in widescreen, really good picture. Um, Conair. So we sat and watched Conair. This nice. Afternoon. Yeah. A, a better choice, I would say, than Speed 2. Well, yeah. I, I still, course, I do still want to rewatch it. Yeah, I'll probably just watch it on Prime at some point unless they pull it um, sooner. But yeah. yeah, I keep scrolling. But they keep recommending it like a movies that we recommend to recommend oh, Speed 2. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, this I noticed at number 68 on there is Fear.com, directed yes. by... William Malone, who yes. we interviewed. It was on, it was um, episode 47 of 80s Picture House. That's another one as well that we haven't re-released yet, so that's that's one to come out. Yeah, that was a good interview. Mm. But so, there's some stuff on there. It's just like, excuse me, what is Jaws 3 and 4 doing on that list? Exactly. What is A Room doing on that list? Mm-hmm. What is Superman 4 doing on that list? <laughs> Superman's pube? Remember that one? Oh my God, Superman's pew. Holding yeah. up that, what's it? I can't remember. <laughs> Wrecking ball or something, wasn't it? Something yeah. huge. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I was like, <laughs> there's quite a few. I was like, it's pretty much only a quarter of a list I've seen. And honestly, I'll, looking at some of them, it'll, <laughs> it'll probably stay that, that way. Yeah. But I would like to hear from. As many people. Oh yeah, as possible. yeah. Let us know. Hey, yeah, let us know how many of the bottom one hundred. Like I said, the link will be in the podcast notes. But what is just... the um? Sorry, go on. What is the highest or the lowest number? So like that you've seen. So mine was number four, Birdemic, Shock and Panic, or whatever it was called. What was what was your lowest number? Right. I am just going to bring the list up now. The IMDb bottom one hundred is um. So the highest. Was what was yours number? Number four, Birdemic. I've seen number one disaster movie. Oh, wow, <laughs> there's a lot of those. <laughs> I should probably apologise now because with <coughs> I have a cough. It is or what you think it is? I just tested negative. After how many I've days? Cough. So yeah, if um, yeah. if I have to cut myself off a few times and you hear a bit of a splutter, that's me. I'm fine. Mm. Um. Yeah, now disaster movie. All those. There's a lot of those in the list. Those, like epic movie at number yeah, nine. Yeah, that shit. Yeah. Like airplanes got a lot to answer for. Ultimately, and unfortunately, I think it was always started with scary movie, didn't it? That sort of. Yeah, yeah. And then they just started like trying to parody comedy films and all of that. But yeah, I didn't realize how many of them there was until you look at the bottom one hundred because they're all there. <laughs> but like when you're parodying Borat and stuff, it was just like. Borat is a comedy. Like you can't parody a comedy. Yeah, it's, it is all really funny. Just awful shit. Yeah. So yeah. Well, well done. I guess Dave, you were. Thank you. You've seen the number one I've lowest the, rated film. Yeah. And I, I've seen number one hundred as well. Teen Wolf two. So yes, I, I have seen hundred as yeah. well. So. so yeah, everybody, go through that and uh, let us know. It's not. It's, <laughs> I'd be so impressed if anybody's seen. If anybody's seen over half. I mean, that's, that's. I bet people have. I bet people have yeah. gone for it. I bet, like, people on Letterboxd are probably taking it upon themselves. Yeah. It could be a thing to go through, couldn't it? That you set yourself the challenge that you want to watch all of the bottom 100 on IMDb. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, go on then, mate. Do you want to go through some of the stuff that you've done then? Because I've, I've still got just a shit ton of stuff to talk about. Again, this will be very heavy with 80s related chat and, and a catch up um especially when one of the films 
especially is not that good and probably not too much to talk about. Am I, I'm not sort of jumping the gun saying that with you, am I? Well, um, yeah, I, I would, I would probably mm. concur with that. Yeah. Go on. I've actually found a list on Letterboxd. Really? Of... Um, the lowest rated movies on Letterboxd. Oh, okay then. We'll, um, we'll... Interesting. I'll, we'll come back to that next month. We will come back to that next month. We will come back to that. So, there's, yeah. a, there's a couple of uh, copies, but I don't know exactly how many there are. But um, yeah, we'll come back to that. I was just remembering I said Letterboxd. I was like, they probably have their own list, don't they? So yeah. Mm. Right then. That, that's next, next month. month. We'll do. But yes, yes. The, uh, the, yeah, um, there's one film that we won't be talking about as much. But mm. um, let me dig out my diary because that's literally how I'm going to go through it. So first thing, um, I went to see Ishtar. Um, at Prince Charles at the end of April. Yeah, you hadn't seen it before, had you? No, I've never seen it before. It was fine. It wasn't that bad. I mean, completely like them, Warren Beatty and Dustin Hoffman play, like especially Warren Beatty just playing like idiot, ugly loser was interesting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, ultimately I was like, oh, that wasn't quite as bad as I thought it was going to be. Mm. So, oh, that's okay. Um, then. And then uh, a week or so later, um, Reviewed on a podcast, nothing to do with the 80s, this, but um, off I tried to the Royal Albert Hall, Dave. You most certainly did with your press pass and this, that, and the other. And my little press ticket. I've yeah. never been to the Royal Albert Hall before. Me neither. Um, not since I've moved here, not before that. I think I went past it on a bus once. Um, <laughs> but yeah, oh, it was a swish venue and very, very nice staff. I mean, I suppose they have to be. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I saw Joe Bonamassa. Um, and it was excellent. I saw him many moons ago at the uh, slightly different venue of the University of East Anglia in Norwich. Um, bit of a come down for him to play the Albert Hall after that. But... Yeah, yeah. But you know, where, where can you go after you've played that place in Norwich? You just yeah, just... yeah, nowhere but down. Yeah. So um, yes, uh, saw saw him and um, very notable. Not just a great gig, but um, also the fact that he started on time. Like, <laughs> just like, <laughs> when does this happen with any event? Like, yeah. he said 7.30. Three songs deep, people were still coming in. Oh, my God. Because everyone was just like, fuck, no support, 7.30. So, yeah, I got I was home by half ten. Wow. Lovely. It was yeah. clear, though, wasn't it? It was clear that there yeah, was no support. Yeah, I did say he and, would. Yeah, and he'd be on yeah, stage. Yeah, our, 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 our PR person told me to get there for seven, so I was like, yeah, of course I will, so... Yeah. And then the, the next night, um, I was off to Brixton for a gig that had been... Now, I was just like, now, has this been postponed twice? Or was just one of the postponements over a year? And I was talking to my friends who I was going with. It turns out, both. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, um, we went to uh, Brixton, um, <laughs> O2 in Brixton, and saw the Midnight, who were incredible. It was such a good gig. I, didn't, I had no idea this band was so popular. They are popular, aren't they? Yeah, um... I um, it said it sold out. I was so good, you know, like, good for them because of synth wave <laughs> and stuff. It feels like something that's in your back pocket sometimes, just some little like cult sort of thing that you know, not because not many people seem into it. There's not a lot of synth wave gigs around. You have to sort of like you know go to every single one because there's so few of them almost. Yeah. Um, so my friend Dr. Tom and Finn came down from um, up Leeds way. Tom came from Norwich for a nice reunion, and we got to Brixton Academy. Um, and Q was around the block. We were just like, but fuck, it was <laughs> like, it was sold out. It was, like, was 5,000 people there. Like as a comparison, Nine Inch Nails played there the other night and sold it out. 
Wow. Um, so they sold out the same venue as Nine Inch Nails. So that's as, you know, that's as, I mean, it's a smaller venue for Nine Inch Nails, admittedly, but, you know, still. Yeah, it's still good. Like 5,000, and my God, they were good. Their saxophone player, or saxophonist, um, listen to some of their stuff on Spotify, YouTube, etc. Oh, it was incredible. <laughs> and then we went to a synthwave nightclub afterwards in Croydon. Shame about Croydon. <laughs> um, it, was, it was a fun night. Yeah, that sounds it. Yeah, no, it really was. Um, what else? What else have I? Another gig. Yeah, this is um, fast forwarding um, a little bit. Um, went to see Alice Cooper and the Cult at the O2. It was a very sort of last minute thing. What was Alice Cooper like? Because I've seen him. I think I've seen him about four times, and it's pretty much split 50 50 between him. Well, not him, and me at the gig going, Yeah, that was a really good gig. And then me coming out another time and going, oh, that was a bit boring. So, I mean, he's in his mid-70s and he's got his act down to a fine art. Like, yeah, they play the songs, they slide in, like if there's a new album, slide in a couple of the new songs. They did, they did them back to back. This time it seems to fit into the set. And like he like he could he could probably do it with his eyes shut. Mm-hmm. The stage, the big the Alice Cooper show, the stage show. Yeah. You know, Frankenstein coming out, the Billion Dollar Babies, him getting decapitated, but like you know, he just he can do it. And his voice, we were saying when we came out, like he sounded like a old man for years. You know, his voice sounded like a gravelly old man for years. So mm. yeah, he just sounded the same. So <laughs> <laughs> really enjoyed it. Um, oh, good. He was yeah, supported by the cult who musically were good, but Ian Asprey, what a prick! <laughs> just moaning about everything. Oh, you're not like, because it was a seated venue. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think most people there to see Alice, um, but people stood up. Oh, you're not stood up. You're not clapping. Oh, you two are making out. Oh, in the middle of a song. It's just like someone flipped him off, like, um, near the end. And he's like, I think they're playing She Sells Sanctuary during that. And he was just like having a moan and asking them to apologize. It's just like, mate, you've been doing this for how long? Oh, God. Get a thick skin. Like, yeah. People, especially if you're supporting someone else, people aren't just going to be like fixated on you. They may not, you know, may not be there for you. May not be your their oh team. yeah. With the support bands, you know, so many times people have just got like no interest in the support bands whatsoever. You know, be be lucky that they're there. I remember when me and Ike, you know, back back in the eighties when we used to go to the Manchester Apollo loads for gigs, and we'd stick ahead in you know into the the main theatre bit when the support band was on. Have a quick listen, and we'd either go, oh, yeah, they're all right, so we'd, you know, stand and watch. Or, you know, nine times out of ten, we'd go, oh, that's a bit shit, and we'd go into the bar for the support bands. You wouldn't even be in there. So, you know, yeah, be, yeah be, I mean, be, I, be thankful you I've, even want being watched <laughs> by people. Yeah, I mean, I know it's different it being the cult and then being a, a very known band. But, yeah, I mean, musically, they are very good, mm. but it was just a bit much. Mm. But, um, yeah, so that's sort of... What I've been up to, just a few bits. Um, coming up, though, my next gig is two weeks tonight. I'll be nothing, <laughs> really nothing to do with the 80s at all here, but I'll be seeing Pearl Jam at Hyde Park. Oh, okay. Uh, supported by Pixies and a lot of people I've never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe a bit of a, a, bit of a learning thing when yeah. I, whenever I get there. And, uh, yeah. yeah, Pixies and Pearl Jam, maybe good grunge doubleheader. Yeah, you might come back and, you know, with a few new bands under your belt that you've not heard of before, yeah. that you like. Yeah, want to change the decade of decadence to the decade of 
I don't know what the nineties were. <laughs> Grunge yeah. killed hair metal and yeah. all that. But yeah. yeah, I've always liked Pearl Jam, so I'm looking forward to that. And then at the end of July, I mean, we'll probably record before this. Um, another mystery movie all nighter, but this time it's an eighties mystery movie oh. all nighter. Oh, oh, that is perfect. Now we didn't have. In, now we did. Vinyali uh, um, and I did the mystery movie all nighter since the last episode. Now, if I'm not mistaken, there weren't any eighties films. So I'm this just is checking be, this. This is going to be all eighties, and you've got no idea what they're going to be. No, we had uh, 2004, 1971, 1973, 1992, and nineteen ninety four. Not one of them. Bloody hell. So, uh, yeah, so they're saving them all for uh, <laughs> the end of July. This will be a treat. This will be a treat, mate. Hopefully. I'm having to sort of lower my intake of 80s, <laughs> 80s <laughs> yeah. movies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because you can guarantee, can't you, if you watch quite a few 80s movies, I mean, which we both do, loads anyway, Yeah. that then all of a sudden, you know, the first movie that comes up, and it'll be like, oh, fuck, I watched that last night. The only, the only guarantee is <clears throat> it's not something that played recently. Hmm. Yeah, so, um, yeah. So if you've got, like, if I go and see something from the eighties, um, in the next few weeks there, they won't be showing it at that marathon because they've just shown it. What yeah. they do is then they, they go on to show, uh, repeat screenings of the films that were, that were on. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's always fun. It's always fun. I mean, <clears throat> bit of a challenge in the last one, uh, when they showed the long goodbye halfway through and God almighty, not a film for a marathon at 2 a.m. Just Elliot Gould mumbling for two hours. It's brilliant. Yeah, you need something to keep people awake during that time, especially. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we have one final thing. I'm sure you've also seen on the website, uh, people have put on it, a uh, big old chunk of reviews from Sundance. Yes, yeah. Covering the Sundance Film Festival UK edition, which had a lot of films from the US edition. Um yeah, you went yeah. to because the press days were. Was it what, was it Wednesday, Thursday, or uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Tuesday, Wednesday were the press days that you went. Yeah, to. Yeah, and I just happened to be off work, so I was able to um, cover almost everything. I had to uh, I had a, a haircut in the evening on a Tuesday, so I had to miss out a couple of films on there. But yeah, pretty much saw everything. It seemed as well from reading the reviews, which I would again get everybody go to the website and have a read of Tom's reviews. It seems that nearly all of them were really good films as well. You know, yeah, we really good quality of um, films at the festival. Yeah. Um, highlights include um, the mystery film. Oh, now this was a treat. Um, Bodies, 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 the new A24 horror, which is out in August in the States um, and um, out, I was A24, so... <laughs> yeah, with A24 and... Yeah, you bless us with releasing it, but it is yeah. very good. Um very funny, uh, really smart, very much enjoyed it. It was a mystery film, um, which I saw the following Monday, which I was also off. Um, yeah, it's a blast. Uh, the cast are brilliant, especially Rachel Senot, who if you've seen um, Shiva Baby on Mubi, brilliant. She's just brilliant. She's going to be a star. She's fantastic. So, yeah. yeah. Whenever it comes out, recommend that. Um, what else? What else? Um, uh, Watcher, which is a sort of like you're being watched thriller horror mm -hmm. um you know these films have been done so many times but yeah it was really tense and um yeah felt quite fresh for such a a film of a genre or sub-genre that's had so much yeah um the princess diana documentary the princess was really good 
but it just fucked me off so much because it's just <laughs> um it just presents archive footage with no narration and it's just I, I, I believe i said in review it's just reopening an old wound um because of just like how everything was and a lot of similarities between how um, members of a royal family have been treated since and how the media is. And it's just like, nothing has changed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, that was good. Um, best film of a festival though. It was the first film I watched on the press. Uh, it was Brian and Charles, which is a very British um, comedy uh, about a loner in Wales who, um, decides to build a robot companion and it's just lovely oh, yeah. it just really is i've got to say that is the one that's piqued my interest the most yeah I am no so i think looking um, forward to you it. and tina will really enjoy it it's um, just a lot of fun very sweet just very quotable mm-hmm. um and yeah it was just it was just lovely and it, it won the audience award at sundance as well so uh, yeah, everyone else uh, must have agreed um it's already out in america now for our u.s listeners and it's out in I think the 7th of July, um, opposite four, God help it. Um, <laughs> it's an alternative to four. Yeah. Not, well, they're both quirky comedies. Um, but yeah, it's out on July the 7th in the UK and yeah, really strong recommendation. And, um, uh, eagle eyed viewers might spot Lan Goughlin in the, uh, in the film as well. Ooh, well, yeah, I'll have to watch for that. It was quite funny. Um, uh, saw that. And then the second film I saw, uh, was good luck to you, Leo Grand, the Emma Thompson, um, you have a Thompson film, which was filmed and set in Norwich. I was just like, oh, these are places I've been and have a connection to. Yeah. <laughs> um, thought there might be a theme, and then there was a uh, documentary set in San Francisco, which sort of put, put a stop to that. <laughs> but no, really, really good. Thanks to um, all at um, Picture House and uh, Sundance for making us, making us reviewers uh, most welcome. Yeah. With their uh, free pastries and... Uh, <laughs> What's refreshments it? and uh, such and such. It was, uh, it was a lovely experience and uh, yeah, hopefully back next year. Oh, yeah. Oh, you can't knock free pastries, mate. Come on. Oh, they were lovely. Oh, when, they're, uh, when they're warm in the morning, like a lovely pastry. What well, nice and warm in the morning. That's a good start to the day. What, what an awesome way to start. You walk into the cinema, full day of film watching ahead of you. And yeah, oh, yeah. A couple of warm pastries, mate. And also thanks to the guy at the pizza hot window in Leicester Square who gave me a second slice of free uh, during one of my... Um, <laughs> Times where I had long enough to get something to eat, like substantial, well, substantial pizza, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he he was an MVP. Nice. Yeah, definitely shout out to him for that then. That's good. Yeah, it sounded, it sounded like a really good time. And, again, I would encourage everybody to go to the website and have a read of, uh, of Tom's reviews. Yes, as, um, as the films are released, I'm sure we can repost the links to our reviews. Yeah, uh, definitely. When they, as and when they come out. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. Oh, that all sounds good, mate. You've been up to a yeah, lot. Yeah. And I know... Believe- um, I know you've you've already got so much in your diary for the rest of the year as well. I yes. can't wait. I can't wait when we record at the end of October for, oh my for what God. <laughs> for, for what will already have to be renamed. Yeah, October's. <laughs> yeah, the Rocktober show. Oh my uh, God! Yeah, it's uh, it's filling up. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I mean, I've, it's been in a way it was sort of good time in getting you know what because um, it was actually in a bit of a quiet spot. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a couple of things I had to um cancel. But um, nothing like no gigs or anything like that. Nothing that cost me. So um, yeah, if yeah. I guess if you were, it, it, as good a timing as you can possibly get with, you know what? But yeah, yeah, back on it now. Back to it again now. That that negative test out of the way, and back to back to whatever you want to. That's good. Yeah. Um, right, I'll, I'll just save your voice for a little bit, mate. You have a yes. sip. You have a sip of your Dr Pepper. 
lovely. And I will, I will, um, I shall stroke my finger on one of my favourite buttons and give us some sly news. Yo, Polly! Beginning with uh, the experience with that I went to when I met Sly a few years ago, uh, they've now got a streaming platform, which is, I think it's like six ninety nine a month, you know, as if there's not enough streaming platforms already <laughs> for you to subscribe to. And with this one, uh, you get access to, you like early access to the tickets. I think you get a discount to the tickets to the events. I think they're doing online interviews with people and you get like first dibs asking them questions and so on. Uh, but they also, and this is for our American listeners, specifically if you live in California, because on the 10th of December, there's an experience with Sly in person at the Fairmont Century Plaza in Hollywood. So if you're in or around there and you're a big Sly fan and you want to see him, I'm not sure when the tickets go on sale. I think you can pre get your pre, not pre-order, but your pre-interest or something in now. So if you want to do that, 10th of December uh, in Hollywood. Well, he was actually, he was in London recently, wasn't he? I don't know if this is one of your sly things, but he was in London this week. He was because... Yo, Polly! There has been... Right, this goes, because we're not recorded for a couple of months, my first note was, this is all about Tulsa King, that we've talked about Mm. in previous episodes. Um, He posted on-set photos and videos on his Instagram account of Tulsa King. Since then, a teaser has been released... There's a release date of November the 13th. It's coming out on Paramount Plus on November the 13th. And he's been in London promoting it as well, where apparently yes. he went totally off script. Yes, I heard about this. <laughs> and he just he just chatted away for about 10 plus minutes. And Yeah, he started slating the Expendables. As, uh, I mean, I don't know <laughs> which Expendables movie he means. Hopefully not the new one. <laughs> the new one, yeah. The, be, oh my God, imagine if he did that. The, the upcoming Expendables movie is shit. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he. Um, I saw someone post something saying, like, he's just been going on and on for 10 minutes and the teleprompter hasn't moved and that time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But, uh, uh, yeah, because Paramount Plus has just launched in the UK and they got yeah. everyone over um, to do it. I think it was in Leicester Square because when I was look, uh, doing Sundance, they'd put up some, like, bunting with Paramount stuff on it near um, Picture House Central. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this big event was in Leicester Square. Oh, okay. um, it was this week. Um, obviously, I couldn't go because... I had to stay home. But, um, but yeah, I was like, oh, Sly's here. But, yeah, Tulsa King. Mm, yeah. Interested. One to watch. Very interested as well. And on a little side note, if anybody has Xbox Game Pass, apparently, I think it's in July, one of the perks you're going to get is a 30-day free trial of Paramount+. Plus. So, nice. yeah, I don't know how long it's going to be valid for that thirty days, but yeah, you know, if I've got, I um, I've got a week trial at the moment because I was, there's a few things on there I wanted to watch, like yeah. the um, the uh, one about the making of the Godfather. Well, I'm going to get, um, I'm going to get this this thirty day one, but I'm not going to yeah. activate it until obviously this drops on Paramount Plus. And yeah, then, wait till November and then you can yeah. catch up on other stuff. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if it'd be something I keep all the time. I'll probably just dip in and out. Yeah. But there's a few shows on there I want to watch the um, the offer. One about the making of the Godfather. There, um, I've been wanting to watch Yellowstone, the Kevin Costner Westerner, mm-hmm. Western Western one for well, as long as it's been on. I love fucking Kevin Costner, and I do love me a Western, even a contemporary one. And um, yeah, three seasons out of four of that one there. So um, 
I'll, I'll give that a go. So I'll probably have it for a few months and drop it then bring it back and drop it, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think that's the best way to do it with, with things like this. Like I said, there's just there's too many streaming things to subscribe to now. So just, yeah, jump in yeah, as and when there's just... something that you want. Um, but that that is not the end of the slide news. Of course Yo, not. Polly! Uh, his daughters, they're, oh, do- <laughs> they're, they're apparently they're going to do a reality program on Paramount+. Plus. It's it's going to be similar to the Kardashians show. Well, I mean, like I've said about their podcast, all all, all power to them. I'm all sure, power I'm sure to you'll them. be watching for any any well, snifter of Sly. Apparently, he will be popping in and out of the show. God, so Dave. that's that's me watching it straight away. <laughs> what about what about Sly's second cousin on his wife's side, and what's going on with them? <laughs> yes, I'll know everything about everything. To do with the Stallones, it'll be. Oh, that yeah, button's going to get worn out. Oh, and then on, yeah. then on the on the show, oh, she said this. Oh, oh like... episode three. Oh, you won't believe where she said the best latte is in Hollywood. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This we button... won't be making twenty years. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> that will be it. Way before then. Uh, also. Yo, Polly. Fucking hell. Samarathon. Samarathon. Jesus Christ. Samaritan. Oh, yeah. Sly's uh, movie where he's the ageing superhero. That's got a release date. <laughs> you could just call that now. <laughs> movie where he plays the ageing blank. Blank. He plays, he plays a yeah. superhero. Yeah. Supermarket, checkout, counter, person, anything. I'd watch that. Yeah, it could be good. Uh, yeah, August 26th is the release date for that. In so. cinemas? In cinemas, apparently, yes. Mm. Yeah, because that got taken off completely, didn't it? Yeah. So mm. that'll be a good one. And finally... Yo, Polly! <laughs> it has been two months since we recorded. Uh, I have pre-ordered this Zavi. Uh, it's a Zavi exclusive, apparently. It's a First Blood 40th Anniversary Edition 4K Steelbook blu-ray and there's different i think there's three different editions of it and i of course have gone the most expensive one which is the is it the collector's edition that it's called it's got a shit ton of stuff on it there's there's a rambo dog tag a sheriff department embroidered patch there's poster there's booklets there's there's stickers there's a collector's folder wherever the fuck that is um six character cards seven seven exclusive extra large movie quiz art cards when it comes mate we're doing that movie quiz so uh, yeah this this loads uh very limited so if you're a sly and or Rambo fan, get onto this, get onto the Zavi. Uh, the release date is the 22nd of August. Lovely. So. Just in time for that film. Samaritan. Samaritan, well done. That film, sorry, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> just, just in time. Just in time for that. So, yeah, that's, that's good. That will be here. Pictures will, of course, be on our Twitter account as soon as it comes. Uh, oh, my God. YouTube. There is an awesome YouTube channel. I mean, there's lots of awesome YouTube channels, but one of them is BBC Archive. They have got, I mean, they cover stuff from, you know, like every decade. There's loads of really good 80s stuff on there. I've been watching one. They put one up um, all about compact discs when they came out. 
the pot there's a really good one from the 80s about uh the future of car navigation <laughs> it's basically they're in this van and they've got like a portable tv you know the old crt tv yeah it's like a portable one of those crammed into the dash with a massive cd player and a full-size keyboard <laughs> and that's like nice. that's, that's the future of car navigation that was broadcast in april 1986 i mean uh, god it wasn't that long ago when like the future was you know the, the sat navs yeah you know, like everyone's just got that on that that shit on their phone and it's they're an just app like on, the yeah. sat navs are just not even they just came and went so quickly in the oh, yeah. scheme of things, didn't they? Well, this fucking big portable telly and a keyboard and everything. And then, because this was 86 and they were saying it's the hoping it'll be ready in two years' time and it'll cost about 1,500 quid. So hmm. it's like, oh, my God. Uh, there's loads of um, Barry Norman's film show, you know, film 80, 81, Oh, yeah, I've seen a few of those, yeah. There's loads of those on there. I watched one that he did for Back to the Future, which was a great one. Um, there was a, a Tomorrow's World episode from 1987, which was about smart trainers. There is so much. Mm. So if you've got any interest, not only in the 1980s, but any decade, you, you want to go back and reminisce about different things, um, subscribe to BBC Archive on YouTube. It's really good. Uh, we have talked about as well, mate, the the end of Neighbours. We've lamented the end of Neighbours. Yeah. Yeah. Jason and Kylie were in the final episode, as were quite a few of, you know, the cast. Yeah, from I thought, back yeah, in they the got 80s. like uh, Guy Pearce. Um, yeah. Yeah, they got, yeah. I mean, like we've said, like I said, it's like, I've not I watched it in years, but like, it feels just strange and just really, you know, sad. Um, yeah. I think it's airing in August, the final episode, isn't it? So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a real shame. Um, and, you know, fuck Channel 5. <laughs> like, honestly, just just literally done it to save money. Yeah. They've just, you know... The end of an era. Well, and I'm sure they'll probably be promoting the fuck out of it as well. Oh, God, yeah. Even though it's their fault, basically, that this has ended. Because they, yeah. they wanted to just show fucking UK stuff and old TV movies instead. <laughs> That's basically all they show during the day, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's a real shame. So, it, Home it and Away it is. Yeah, that's it. Everybody on to Home and Away now. Of, <laughs> of which, in case people hadn't listened to it, Chris and Adam did mm. a Spotlight Reflection show about the pilot, feature-length pilot episode of Home and Away. So it's well worth listening to. I listened to it this morning. Um, so, yeah, there you go. That's a nice plug for that as well. It's well worth listening to. I had a good laugh listening to that. And I've never seen it. I've seen Home and Away, obviously, but I'd never seen that 90-minute um, pilot. 90 minutes? Yeah, it's 90 minutes. It's like a full movie, wow. mate. Oh, God, yeah. Home and Away the movie. Shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've never seen it, eh? <laughs> Neither have I. No, no, they've done it, thank God. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling for a uh, first-time watch pick, so it will have to wait till uh, next episode. That's but, it. Uh, you can't. Yeah, you can't. We be... don't. We don't need a <laughs> double duty on Home and Away. Yeah, we'll do our episode. I'm sure they. It. I'm sure they done it. They've they've uh, they've done it proud. They yeah. They both... and there's nothing left to say. There is nothing. They covered everything, including a including a six-minute section of sound bites from. Oh my God! I've forgotten the character's name. He's the grumpy old guy. In Alf. Uh, yeah, six minutes of, of the best bits of him are in it as well. Alf is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, go, go and listen to that. Uh, oh, Uncle Lloyd, mate, our very old Uncle Lloyd Kaufman, who, who again we've done an interview show with uh, his latest film, Shakespeare's Shitstorm. 
is doing the rounds in America, please go and have a read up about Shakespeare's shitstorm and anything trauma related. Support it. Go and watch it as well. I just wanted to mention that. I haven't seen it yet. Um, we will, of course, be watching it at some point, but just be aware that it's out there. Uh, YouTube, while I was on YouTube as well, have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons? You know, the, uh, not the video game type, but you know, the actual tabletop where you've got a dungeon master and all of this that was really. No, no neither have I. But there's, um, there's a guy in America who started uh, this game of Dungeons and Dragons back in 1982, so 40 years ago. The same game is still going. <laughs> people, hell. 40 years. These, some people have had this character, and it's like permadeath as well. You know, you have this character, and you could be role-playing this character for, you know, quite literally decades. But if it dies, it's gone for good. That's mm. it. It's gone. Uh, and it's really good. It's I think it's like about a 20-odd minute video that's on YouTube about it. And uh, there was even so his daughter, you know, he's been playing it four years. So his daughter and his daughter gets involved and uh, she she joins in and she's playing it. And then, of course, as she gets older, she gets a boyfriend and her dad says, well, you know, the rules in here, you know, if, if he joins in and you break up, he can still come and play his character. And that <laughs> is, that's what happened. They broke up and then he keeps coming and still playing his character, <laughs> which she says is a little bit awkward, but... You know, he did Warner. He did Warner. So that, that was good. Um, because well, Dun- on, a sort of, on a sort of a side note, uh, obviously Dungeons & Dragons, that's had a bit of a mention Stranger Things this season. Yeah. Um, now, um, on a sort of side attention to that, like I, I think it'd be remiss of us not to mention, considering we cover the 80s, but um, as we speak right now, Kate Bush, uh, Running Up That Hill, is the number one single in the world. Yeah. And Top Gun is the number one movie um, in the US box office so far this year. Should we just, <laughs> we just let that uh, settle a moment? Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> how, I mean, how many times over this last 10 years, mate, have we been going, you know, how much longer will there be 80s related stuff that we can talk about? And it's, it seems for quite a long time yet because it's the decade that refuses to die. Yeah. I mean, God, it's just incredible. It's such a weird. <laughs> It's weird, it's weird because this this latest season, season four of Stranger Things, it's set in 1986. Mm. So Running Up That Hill from Kate Bush was released in 1985. So, of course, they play it, and it's one of the characters. It's her favourite song. We watched the episode uh, yesterday um, where it's sort of featured, and it's a, it's a really good use of the song. You know? Yeah, and it's I can see, really well done, and it's yeah. sort of like... it. it you know, there's that that episode. Obviously, we're going to spoilers, and then mm. it sort of comes back a few times. It's not just sort of forgotten. Yeah, it's really well done. And the songs is used in a very you know positive way, and you can see why people want to buy it. Not only mm. you know, they, you know, they really love the song, but then they also equate it to being something positive, and you know, maybe using it in a positive way in their lives as well. Yeah, it's really, yeah, it's really, it's just nice. I think um, I'm not a massive Kate Bush fan, but it's like, um, yeah, it's just nice that young people are like you know, enjoying it. And like, I mean, there hasn't been too much of a sniffy, like, Oh, you've only just heard of it. It's just like, yeah, the people, a lot of people watch strange things are like 15. <laughs> it's like, of course they've not heard of Kate Bush. It's like, <laughs> they were, they were born in 2007. Yeah. Like, why would they have heard of Kate Bush? <laughs> the, th- the thing is, mate, here you go. A little mini rant. So she's number one across the world with that. 
I think it was in episode one, they played a little bit of a Kiss song. Did you know that? No. Oh, yeah. And you know what? They, <laughs> it wasn't a song from the 80s. It was like, yeah. what the fuck? They played a bit of Detroit Rock, C- bleh, Detroit Rock City. Oh, yeah, they did. Yes. Yeah, when you series, yes. 1976. Yeah, like, come on, guys. Oh, come on. We're just waiting for that one 80s Kiss song to... um. <laughs> permeate the mainstream yeah <laughs> just to and help to validate our love of 80s kiss as well i mean recently just on the last episode of miss marvel on um on disney plus um bon jovi was used bed of roses and living on a prayer so nice he's getting a little bit of a i'm sure he got a bit of a bump in uh single sales <laughs> after that <laughs> or streams i should say not sales. well yeah streams but um, also yeah top gun as well i mean god almighty what a film I'm so looking forward to watching that. Just in like, in, like people like I've, I know people who never would see that film on a big screen. Went, I've gone went to the cinema to watch it and loved it. It was just they nailed it. The tone of those Bruckheimer Simpson films of the eighties, um, yeah, incredible. Um, the Val Kilmer bit. Um, I mean, you know he's in it, so just so well done. Mm-hmm. Um, Everything's just, I mean, it was amazing, and I cried twice. <laughs> and it's, and, you know, hush tones, it's better than the first one. <gasps> oh, my word. Tom. It's just fully, like a fully realised, uh, Top Gun's great, but this was just like, better. <laughs> <laughs> it's just better. Yeah, I can't wait to watch it. That'd be good. I am looking forward to it. Um, probably wait until I buy it. I think the, the first time I watch it, I think it will be, because it's a buyer, no matter what. Yeah, get that in the best quality. You've got your big screen at home. Yeah. Get that on, get crank it, on. it up. It's because it is being, I'm pretty sure I've already seen the pre-order for the 4K Blu-ray. So, cause yeah, and it's like at the moment, as we record, it is the highest grossing film in the US this year so far. And I think it's, not too far away from being the highest grossing film in the world. I think probably this weekend will take it over the top there. Um, but it's like, it's, it's to say it's got legs, like the drop, if it's had the smallest drop off week to week um, at the box office than any film since pre pandemic, it's been, it's, a good sign. it's barely dropped at all. I think last weekend it'd been out a month and it still did 40 million in the States. Oh, Talk about word of mouth. People are just loving it. Yeah. Uh, then it sounds like, multiple times going as well you know people watching it more than once yeah yeah definitely and then like we had father's day recently that probably gave it a bump over yeah. their dads to see yeah. it and stuff like that so yeah just it's been yeah really great and you know tom cruise may be a nutcase but at least he funnels his nuttiness into like making a film as an amazing as possible because obviously i know he didn't direct it and stuff like that but like you know creatively he's all over it oh um, yeah. yeah yeah and having them like no we're going to learn how to fly these planes <laughs> it adds so much to it yeah no green screen like they are in those cockpits i mean obviously when it, they're doing a big old whoop de woo and all of that it's not them but you know like mm. the fact they're in it and they're flying and just doing the well, basic crisis called basic it's flying a fucking jet <laughs> um but like the, you see him doing it adds so much to it yeah yeah fair so, play um, for doing that got to applaud them for doing that yeah, so uh, yeah, we'll have to uh, bring it back up again once you see it. Mm, we'll do. Definitely. I mean, God, they. I mean, in, they should keep that in the cinema as long as possible. They get as much money out of that. Because imagine, I mean, 
I think it could be the big, biggest film of the year. Like, I know Force coming out, the next Marvel one. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's probably another Marvel one at the end of the year. But I don't think anything would be able to top it. I don't, I'm not, if, well, anything that would be before, something like that. But it's just because it's legs. I know Avatar's out at the end of the year, but that's literally out right the mid to end of, you know, December. So that's not going to have time to, mm-hmm. like, no film could do that <laughs> in that short space of time. <laughs> not even, I mean, I will not be going to see Avatar. No, it, but, it doesn't interest me. I've seen. No, I've saw the first one. Thought yeah. it was shit. Yeah, it feels like James Cameron is the only person who wants these films. Like, I think really. I mean, I probably said this before. Deep down, if you look at yourself, like there may be people. Of course, there's people who want to go and see it. But if that like, you said to them, like, "Oh yeah, that Avatar film is not coming out now," you wouldn't be too cut up about it, would you? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's be honest. It's been what 2007, 2009 that that thing came out. Yeah. Who cares? Why is there so many? James Cameron, just fucking get True Lies and Blue Abyss remastered on Blu-ray and 4K. That'd be nice. That's what we want. <laughs> we don't want... <laughs> anyway, I digress. <laughs> we both had a little mini rant then. That was good. Uh, you can go, People can go to fanhome.com. They've got a new kit model from Knight Rider, the car. I think it's... I'm not sure what scale it is. It's quite big. Uh, and very in detail. So if you're a big Knight Rider fan, go to fanhome.com, have a look at that. Uh, okay. Seems to be every show that we record, you know these now, bloody bloody blah albums. Yes. There's, so there's a couple since we last recorded. Because, of course, since we last recorded, there's been Eurovision, one of our favourite things, which, unfortunately, mate, plans for you fell through. I know you... Yes, yes, my... Uh, my uh, it was... It was the old dreaded, you know what, that um, derailed it. <laughs> so, um, what a nightmare! What a nightmare! Yeah, I mean, I was, I could have just sat at home and watched it on my own, but where's the, where's the fun in that? So, well, this was, the, I was just like, pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, well, this was the first one for me after because it's been tradition to have, you know, it's the evening of cheese and wine, which I've mm. not been able to do for a few years. Um, but now I'm post op, and you know, I can have those things. I had cheese and wine and watched Eurovision, which was well, very glad nice. you did. Yeah, it's very nice. So it was nice to get back to that. Um, so next year, hopefully, you'll be back into it as usual, and we can swap um, squiffy. I mess- mean, next year, squiffy talk of it actually being held yeah, in the UK. Actually, yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope. I mean, we don't want to go into all of that, but I, 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 I sincerely hope it doesn't. I mean, Ukraine get the get to do it. But, yeah, of I mean, course, God, that would I mean, be ideal. that would be an impossible ticket to get because they wouldn't do that in a stadium. It would be in an arena, and yeah. that will that would like I'd love to go, but that would just sell out so quickly. I think it would. You wouldn't have a hope in hell of getting a ticket for that. Yeah. They'd probably do. They'd probably show it in another arena and say it was in London. I hear it probably isn't going to be in London, mm. but say it was like they'd probably like they'd have it at the O2 and they'd, they they could even just hire out Wembley and screen it and that would sell out as well. Yeah, probably would do. But um, yeah, no, it's um, I just yeah, I I hope Ukraine uh, get to do it. They deserve that. Yeah, definitely. Of course they do. Uh, yeah, there's now that's what I call Eurovision was released. Of course. 70 songs, mate. 70 songs on it. Quite a few, of course, from the 1980s. Uh, but that wasn't the end of the Now people for releasing albums. Because they <laughs> no, they won't. They'll never end. Now Yearbook, and it's Now Yearbook 81. So, of course, they're going to release one for every year through each decade. But so, so what's the different... Oh, fucking hell, man. <laughs> so, like, most of the Now... Like, those early Now albums were in the 80s. So, it's just going to be a slight... Well, it was two a year, wasn't it? Yeah. And still is, I think. Um, 
So it's just going to be a slight variation or combination of the two yeah. now albums out of. They're going to run out of songs. They're going to. They are going to run out of songs, mate. Now yearbook eighty one. I mean, it's what is it? Four, four, four discs. Shit. Um, tw- all the songs. <laughs> tw- uh, so on. There's twenty, forty one, fifty one, sixty one, sixty three. 85 songs. <laughs> now, the thing about this is that was shocking when I looked at all the songs. And it's the usual suspects again. Of course it is. But for me, it was like, holy fuck, these songs are 41 years old now. And it was like, like Under Pressure, Queen and David Bowie, Vienna with Ultravox. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking now. Three, three CDs. Is it three? I've got four. I'm on Amazon. Oh. Um, yeah, disc four starts with Ant Music by Adam and the Ants. Oh, what am I looking at? Girls on Film, Duran Duran. Oh, yeah, no, probably knows what that was. Yes, no, you're quite right. Yeah. This... I mean, this is comprehensive. I mean, it is comprehensive. It's not like one disc with some, like, um, like under like under pressure and taint, I'm just looking, Tainted Love, like, not the obvious one, but it's got, it is a very comprehensive seeming, hmm. you know, list of 1981 songs. So, yeah, I mean, that actually sounds quite good. And there is, scrolling through them all, like I say, 85 songs, and by far the majority of them, I thought, yeah, that's a good song. That's a good song. That's a good yeah. song. So it is, yeah, it is It is worth picking up. If you've got no 80s songs in your collection and you want some. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if they're going to do all the, dec- all the years of the 80s and even the 90s like this, yeah, sure, this is yeah, really good. Yeah, it's well worth I picking up. I take it back. Mm-hmm. And you'll probably get some of those big bands, you know, that... Um, you know, the big acts on their sort of lesser known stuff. Yeah. Like instead of your obvious status quo song, there's something about you, baby, I like. Um, Motorhead and Girls School, Please Don't Touch. Mm-hmm. Good song. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's uh, you'll get some uh, not as well-known uh, songs from big artists, yeah. which off the sudden we've spoken about in the past. So. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right now. This, you win this time. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what's uh, for the next show that we record. And only, and only, not even ten quid on Amazon for all four for discs. I know that so. is a bargain. Fair play, that is a bargain. Yeah, and it's also on vinyl as well, so mm. it can't be. Um, it can't be all of it on vinyl. That much like eighty-five songs on vinyl. Well, yeah, they've got um, three three um, LPs um, with seven or eight songs aside so yeah it's a bit of a yeah cut down condensed version yeah you know for the purists and it's you know it is the 80s so if you want oh, on vinyl well dave i mean how many i think a lot of these are already out 1982's already out is it oh okay yeah four discs um oh banger this is what i mean <laughs> first, first track on disc four um is abba the day before you came Fucking nice. banger of a song. <laughs> um, yeah, 1982, obviously. Um, Ivor Tiger is on there. You'll be pleased oh, to hear. Good, and so it should be. But yeah, similar four discs, you know, like 20-odd songs a disc. Um, how many of these are out? 1983's out? Mm-hmm. 1984's out? Oh, my God, maybe they were all out. I only saw... Like I said, this was, this was one only, of the... They're up uh, to 84. What? Okay, this yeah, was one like of the... Nine or ten quid each. It was one of the very first notes I made for this show, which, again, we were going to record last month. So. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're clearly going through. Not let me zoom in on 84. Maybe I'll, there's a list. Yeah, oh. just all the bangers and some uh, uh, not-so-known ones. But... <laughs> nice. Well, there you go. Like you said, cheap price as well. So Yeah, yeah, really good. But, yeah, I'm, 
I'm sure they'll carry on. But yeah, good price, mm. good songs. If you've not got any 80s compilations, he seems to be the... Uh, yeah, it's a good one. Kick off your 80s uh, music collection, definitely. Uh, the Firestarter, which we talked about the original movie on the show, mm. uh, have watched the remake, the new remake. Yes, I uh, missed that in the cinema. I was going to go uh, go for a friend. It never happened. And, yeah, missed it. And you've not really missed much. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to go just to hear the, the score in the cinema. Yeah. Because it's Carpenter. But um, it, It's will... another pointless remake. Yeah, really I is. mean, it's not a perfect film, the 80s Firestarter. So it's something that could have been improved on. Um, although, like I'm probably said, like I, I enjoy it more every time I watch it. Yeah, and those stuntmen uh, again, those stuntmen. <laughs> oh God, yeah, the but definitely for improvement. Through. But from yeah, from what I've heard, this isn't it. But at least no. it's got a, a JC score. Yeah, the, yeah, that but, is, yeah that I is watch it thing. when it goes on streaming or wherever it lands. Yeah, I will stick in with a little bit of John Carpenter. The thing is, or was, because my notes, it said two months old now, uh, had a cinema run for its 40th anniversary. Yeah, I heard about this. Apparently it was fucking shit. Like, really? The, the source material was... Oh, who who was it that tweeted about it? I'll never find it. Oh, okay. Doesn't sound good. But though. yeah, the, the, it was a very poor source material. Damn. Fathom. Yeah, because there's a lot of people with Fathom events were organising it. Let's see if I can... Ooh. Oh, well, well, you have a look Mick for Garris. that. It was Mick Garris, actually. Was it? Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. So um, I just got back from seeing the 40th anniversary, and it's from Fathom Events. Uh, first of all, the film was shot in 235-1 widescreen, widescreen aspect ratio, but it was shown in 185-1, literally cutting oh. out a third of the film. Whoa. The picture was soft focus, low res, and the digital image was out of registration, so all objects were rimmed in red on one side and blue on the other. <gasps> also, all movement on the way, all the way through the movie stuttered, like trying to watch Netflix with a really bad Wi-Fi signal. Oh, my God, that is terrible. I would be so pissed off. I'd want my money back if I'd paid to go and watch that. That is really bad. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, don't let, if you've, you know, yeah, just watch out for who's showing it. But if you obviously, like, if you um, go and see the uh, thing at like, the Prince Charles or an art house, you know, cinema, um, independent cinema in the UK, you know, chances are they've got it on film. Mm. So, uh, yeah, just, just watch out. Just watch out. Sticking with films, we've talked about Full Moon in the past. We watched plenty of full, <laughs> fucking hell, full oh, moon, no. full moon stuff on you know back in the days of video. Did you know? I only found this out a few days ago, and there's probably people listening to this and going, "For fuck's sake, why didn't you know about these?" They they've made and released three inverted commas reanimator films. Did you know no. this? Okay. So I, like I say, I only found out the other day. So apparently um, it started with one called The Resonator. The Resonator, <laughs> colon, Miskatonic U. This was followed by Beyond the Resonator, which nice. was then followed by Curse of the Reanimator. So, and these, <laughs> these three films have all been released, I think, within the space of like about 18 months. Um, <laughs> the second two... I've got Herbert West in it. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Um, and I just didn't know they existed. And no, no. Um, beyond the resonator, which is the second of the three, it's a 7.5 on IMDb. 
It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, based on how many votes. Oh, actually, that's it's... a good point, mate. It's, um, oh, ten. Oh, 15. 15. Okay, okay yeah, so that's, yeah. the, that's the casting crew. 15 there. members of the crew there. Yeah, because um, the, the first one is a 4.9. That's a few more, like and then this last one, Curse of the Reanimator, is a, is a seven point three from pretty, uh, seven pretty votes. Shameless old uh, full moon, aren't they? Yeah, I can't believe we've never had Charles Band on the show. I know, yeah, that it feels like something that we should have done. Um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah, I've been um, uh, because uh, Arrow Player have um, are adding a lot of full moon stuff at the moment. I mm, you've been going Christ, through I them. Still haven't finished going through the Puppet Master films. I think the tenth <laughs> one is my next one. It's tough. Whenever a full moon, a new full moon video appeared in the video store, it was an instant rent. Had to rent it and watch it. It was one yeah. of those. It was one of those. Oh, it's a new full moon film. You've got to watch it. Yeah, I mean, there's, they've put 12 of the uh, Puppet Master ones. It's not even all of them, but it's enough. <laughs> um, they've added all the, uh, all the Trances films. Um, I'm hoping Dolman and uh, the like show up. But yeah, they're adding a lot. Yeah. Of these, uh, of these films, <laughs> my God, puppet master films are, <laughs> and there's a few of them wheeze. as well. There's a few. Yeah, the puppet master films are enough to make you wheeze, mate. And I think that says it all. Uh, Trancers, we, I mean, we love Trancers. Yeah, uh, it's getting a 4K two disc special edition release on October the 11th. Oh my God, I mean, whoa. If ever there was a film. Getting, um, this is what I mean. You're getting fucking trances in 4K, and there sits True Lies on your bisque because James Cameron wants to make a stupid fucking blue people movie that no one cares about. <laughs> Grow up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm happy. Trances is getting it. That's. Yeah. That's a good one. I do like that. Have you seen the trailer for Prey slash the new Predator film? Yeah. What do you reckon? Uh, I mean, I'll watch it, of course I will, but... I'm intrigued by it. We're getting to a point with these Predator films. It's just like, it's a bit like the Terminator now. It's just like, I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> it's just a shame. Yeah, I, I, because of the setting, I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't watched it yet. Um, I, I am intrigued by the premise of it all. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely got an interesting premise, but... Uh, and I hope it's good. Of course I do, but um, I don't know. They just seem to be like, I just, ugh. Mm. it's not even coming out of the cinema. It's just going straight to Hulu slash Disney, isn't it? So, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna watch it. I'm sure we'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, of course I'll I'm watch sure it. We can have a we'll chat about it. If, yeah. uh, we could have a chat about it as well. I've heard that there is going to be a sequel to This Is Spinal Tap. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. I mean, there's a film you think, oh, how can you, how can you better the first one? But, I mean, everyone's still alive. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, how can you write? I mean, they brought it back so many times. I mean, they had the '90s comeback album, and they've, yeah. they've done Live Eight and all that. And it's always been funny um, to see them back. So hopefully that will come happen one more time. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. Interesting though. Yeah. It's funny you should say, mate, um, that, you know, they're all still alive because... You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the reaper. <laughs> That's where 10 years of podcasting gets you, mate. Segways like that. Beautiful. Fucking seamless, I tell you. Yeah, 
we've uh, got two months worth. <laughs> actually, considering it's been two months, he's not been too busy, at least not on my newsfeed. So that's good. Uh, the first one since we last recorded that I saw Dennis Waterman. Dennis Waterman passed away, age 74. Who I know, I was a big Sweeney fan back in the back in the seventies, the TV show and the movies and all of this. But I think during the eighties, obviously, it's all about his role as Terry McCann in Minder, which ran right through the eighties. It was seventy nine oh, yeah. to eighty nine, and you know the theme song that he had, and that was in the charts in the eighties as well. Um, yeah, he went age seventy four. Sad, a sad one again, mate. Fred Ward. 79 sadly missed Uh, i mean i love love fred ward uh again looking at 80s it's always remo unarmed and dangerous that jumps out for me um it would have been tremors but that was released in 90 because yeah yeah. his character of uh of earl in in tremors Mm -hmm. it's awesome uh, Music-wise, Vangelis, mate, 79. Yeah, my God, yeah, synth pioneer. Exactly. My God. And again, 80s, Blade Runner. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, my Lord. Yeah, Chaps of Fire as well. Was that oh, 80s? That was, I think that was, oh, it's 81. Yes. 81. But yeah, my God, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be, a lot of us wouldn't be listening to the sort of synth wave music I like. Yeah. If it wasn't for him, yeah, definite yeah, pioneer. Definitely. Paul Rayleigh Otter, just 67. Oh, that was a... Yes. Oh, my God. The amount of films. My God. You've got loads to pick from. Um, the 80s, I mean, the 80s one, I mean, I'd just go straight to Field of Dreams. Definitely. Yeah. 89, would, yeah. I think. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, 89. Um, but, yeah, and obviously, I mean, the obvious one's good, fellas, because... Yeah. I, I know it sort of... Um, <clears throat> it almost did him in. Like, he was so good in it. You know, he almost, you know... It was almost it did like wreck his career, but like he never reached that peak again. Because mm. that felt like he's in almost every scene of that film. He's yeah. just all over it, and he's just—I mean, it was God. It was one of the greatest performances ever. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's so much more. I mean, um, I watched Copland again recently. Oh yeah, he's great in that as well. Yeah, there's like you have, everyone speaks about how good Stallone is in it, and he's good. But yeah, like you just watch Ray Liotta in it. Oh, so good. I like some of his lower budget 90s action stuff i love no escape mm. there's something like about no escape. turbulence well. oh, i've not seen turbulence in ages i need to rewatch that i've got good memories about turbulence hopefully a rewatch won't destroy those, those memories mm. hannibal as well we watched hannibal not too oh, long yeah. ago guys that's such a dickhead in hannibal wasn't he <laughs> brilliant so brilliant yeah and um 67 that's no age but me and tina were saying if you're gonna go apparently you know he went to bed and didn't get up the next morning if you're gonna go that's that's the way that i'd want to go uh ken kelly age 76 an american artist who i know did the cover for loads of rock bands he did destroyer by kiss oh yeah of course he did love gun my favorite um kiss cover and uh 80s why he did um Oh, Fighting the World, Man of War, 87. Kings of Metal, 88 by Man of War. Um, he, did the, he did loads. He did virtually every Man of War album. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, really good artist. He went on. He did like Ace Frehley's, one of his solo albums, Space Invader from 2014. Uh, iconic, iconic artist. And, you know, especially for like big Kiss fans such as myself. Um, sad to see him go. Also sad to see go Alec John Such. Bass player, original bass yeah. player with yeah, Bon Jovi. Yeah, Bon Jovi's originals. Yeah, yeah age 70. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to see him 
from their f- their very first tour. I think we mentioned on previous shows when they supported Kiss, when Kiss were doing their Animalized tour. Um, saw them on that, Bon Jovi were doing their, it was their first album, then saw them headline on the 7800 degrees Fahrenheit, then the Slippery When Wet. So saw him a good mm. few times. And yeah, he passed away, age 70. So Yeah, he left around mid-90s because he was like literally a decade older than the rest of them. Yeah, he was. I, mean, he? I don't yeah. think he was ever, I was watching a few little videos about him um, after he passed and he was like, well, yeah, I don't well, I don't think the plan was a red, him to be in a band for that long. He was just going to be like, you know, he was there. He like he was responsible for most of the meeting, you know, beating each other. Mm-hmm. He just sort of just hung around and yeah, I mean, God, my God, he was, uh, you know, I'm sure he did very well. You know, he uh, he was there for the peak, basically. Oh so, God, yeah, definitely. Of, of uh, all the all the big hits, so yeah, I'm sure he was very well off after that. Oh so. yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the, the heyday, wasn't it? During mid late eighties into the early nineties, mm. it was like absolutely huge. Um, but yeah, thankfully, that is all the Reaper. Reaper news for me, even though it's been two months. So yeah, it's always good not to have a huge list, but of course it's always good to you know just briefly mention and remember that people have passed yeah. away and are no longer with us. Uh, that's that's it. Oh my god, I'm just looking at how long we've been recording. I did say at the beginning, yeah, well, that this section would be quite, yeah, quite, quite this lengthy. is like we. I, I finally, you know, it was like quarter past ten past quarter past seven, and it's uh, twenty to nine now, and we haven't even. Started talking about the films yet? We haven't yet. As, as I one of as as referenced, one of them might be a particularly long chat. No, and we will get onto that one now. Unless you've got anything else that you want to talk about before. Oh we get my onto god! It, no, I think we all talked out. I think. Mean, yeah, people um, are think listening to this, and you know they fast forwarded to this point and going for fuck's sake, they're still not even talking about the films yet. Yeah, no, no, I am. Um, no, I've got nothing. Right then, we shall move on to the film, which is my first time watch pick, and I would normally play the trailer for it. I couldn't find a trailer for it. (laughs) I could find like little clips of the film. um, There was nothing that would make any sort of sense just in an audio show. We could even argue, mate, that it wouldn't make any sense if we were a video show and we were showing clips of it. It's Rush from 1983. A measly one hour, 17 minutes running time. Strangely seems a bit longer when you're watching it. For some reason, it's a 4.3 on IMDb out of 165 votes so far. And the synopsis for it on IMDb is, in a post-nuclear Holocaust world, a survivor roams the desert fighting bandits and the forces of an evil warlord. Okay, so it is. And I know you've made this comment. I think it was on your letterbox in this um, review. And this is one of the things I picked up that we will get into. Everybody, please remember, this is a post-nuclear Holocaust world where it begins where the 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 hero of our film, um, who is called Rush, don't know why, he's, he's guarding this little fledgling plant. It's just a little sapling. That's the word, not fledgling. That's a little bird, isn't it? He's growing a little bird from the ground. <laughs> He's got a little sapling and it's surrounded by stones and somebody tries to pinch it because plants, because it's just a fucking wasteland everywhere. Plants are just rare as anything. They're trying to get plants growing into this world and he has a fight with him. That's a really important point to remember, isn't it, mate? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> About about him saving this rock-covered plant. And, oh, my God. It's one of those films where the premise of it is, is pretty good, and we've watched lots of, you know, post-apocalyptic nuclear holocaust films, usually Italian ones, and you know, you're guaranteed your bad dubbing. Tick, we've got bad dubbing. 
you're guaranteed action tick we've got action um the thing with this and it is and i'm going to jump around all over the place with this one but but the last 30 minutes is quite action-packed and considering again it's only 77 minutes long the last 30 minutes is, is quite action-packed but in a way that's boring because <laughs> it, it just never it just never crosses that peak you know, it's just oh yeah, oh, and, there's, and he's in he's in a buggy that looks like something. If people are familiar with the Banana Splits TV show from back in the day, it looks like a Banana Splits buggy, and he's in one of those, and the, and there's gunfire and he's jumping around and this that. But it, there's no payoff or anything. Did you get bored with that final thirty minutes, despite it being? Oh, I was bored long before then. <laughs> <laughs> this... It, it is nonsensical, which is why I'm not going to go through like the whole story because it is it, none of it makes any sense. So let's go back to that first thing with that little sapling, because like I said, plants are just you know you, you got them. They go into this. It looks like it was filmed in like a I don't know an, an abandoned garden centre somewhere where they've got the old greenhouses with the plastic you know covering all over the top of them and they're delicately working away on these little loads of little saplings oh please grow please grow we need plants in this world right outside and this appears fairly early on in the film right outside the gates of where this abandoned garden centre is is the great mills the great mills <laughs> Is the most lush and green-filled fucking jungle you've ever seen. Half a film set in a fucking forest, guys. It's like, it's like what? Can you not see the trees that are just on the other side of the fence? And like you said, then they end up in in this jungle slash forest, and they're there tenderly working on these little saplings as though nothing ever grows in this wasteland anymore. Yeah, let's go to the forest if you want some fucking plants, guys. It's, yeah, just looks lovely. Walk ten feet away and dig up a plant. It's there for it's there for you. I Awful. mean, that is a good example of just how ill thought the whole film is. There's this rush. He goes into so he's out. You know, he's out in the wastelands, and then he goes into this built-up area at the beginning, and everybody in there. Is wearing gas masks, but then they mm. don't wear gas masks. Even though there's like, I think that most of the budget went on a fog machine in this because <clears throat> nearly every scene is just covered in fog. And you think, oh, is that why they're wearing a gas mask? Apparently, they're wearing gas masks because of the radiation. Mm. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Gas masks don't really save you from a highly irradiated place. Could you walk into, you know, Chernobyl just happened. Could you walk into there, you know, in your, you know, swimming trunks and a gas mask and you'd be okay? I don't think so. I don't think so. No. There's, there's robot soldiers in it. It begins with, and it begins, oh, I was quite into it because the dubbing was really bad and I was into that. It was hilarious because the voices that they chose were the most wrong choice of voice that you could pick they, they just never fitted with any of the characters so i found that quite amusing and thought, yeah yeah this this could be all right and they go in and then i was a bit confused about the gas math thing and then these soldiers appear and he's shooting at them and they're, they're robot soldiers because he keeps shooting them and like when the heads come off and you go oh the robots i'm even more into it then 
And then these robot soldiers called the Untouchables, they just disappear. What, what what happens to them? It's normal human soldiers. Did you get at any point, mate, of what happened to these untouchables? I did not, know. I had got no idea. I had got no idea. The, the bad guy in it is terrible. The bad guy must have been hired because he was so good at his hand acting. He was, he was really big with hand gestures, and that's all mm. he could do. Everything he did was like all about the hand acting. The lead, um, Rush, played by... I'm going to regret this now as I scroll down on IMDb because I know it's going to be a name that I can't pronounce. Um, oh, actually, here we go. Bruno Minitti. Um, credit is Conrad Nichols on the credits, plays Rush. Um, so, yeah, it's Gordon Mitchell playing Yor, who's the good with the, the hand acting. So, Bruno... Like, oh, yeah, the budget... I would say not all on the on the fog machine, 50-50 fog machine and baby oil to oil him up all the way through is what it went on to. Hmm. Um, I think Sam, one example of the action not working, there's one where Rush goes onto this really long zip wire. He's escaping soldiers, human ones. He and he keeps going and he keeps going. You think this is like the world's fucking longest zip wire, and the soldiers are shooting at him and they're missing. And he keeps going and he keeps going to the point where you're going, I'm fucking bored of you on the zip wire. Then he he jumps off it and he he lands on a jeep roof and he sort of bounces off it as though it's a trampoline, swings onto a tree branch and then lands on the floor. <laughs> and you'd think, oh yeah, that's any other film. That could be an exciting set piece. Oh no, it's just, it's just boring and laborious. And then that's when they get into the bit in the jungle, which then just completely pissed me off because they've been going on about plants for so long and how they can't grow anything. And then they're in this jungle, was just absolutely stupid. The main thing, mate, was it was just boring. It was just boring. And I looked back, I give. I think I was overly generous. I gave it two stars. And looking back on it now, I think I would have given it. I think you gave it one. And I think I, would, I gave it one, the lowest yeah. score I can give. Yeah, I think I would, I, give, I would give it I one. I was just, I was just like immediately, almost immediately, I was just like, oh God, it's this sort of shit then. Just I'm done with post-apocalyptic wasteland Italian films. They're all the same. They're mm-hmm. all the same. Nothing, there's nothing like the only thing of interest from in this film was um, the fact that like half of it's set in a forest after they're supposed to be in a, an, an apocalypse. So I was like, well, obviously, kind of been too bad <laughs> because <laughs> uh, this is. But it's just, oh, it was just boring and like, yeah, because I just like had to stop a seventy-six minute film halfway through just to like. So I just—I was just—I'm gonna have to watch, watch this in two bits. I'm gonna have to watch it the next day. I was like, no, I can finish this. I mean, that like, says it all. It's just a film, a film that's not even 80 minutes long, and you've got to stop it halfway through to get through it. Yeah, I mean, just, I was just like drinking. I was just like, oh my god. Apart from Forest Bells, I've got nothing to say about this film. It's just completely unremarkable shit. It is. I mean, there's there is good, definitely good post-apocalyptic Italian. Oh yeah, films. yeah, yeah. There are. Uh, this is not one of them. This is just cookie cutter. <laughs> yeah, one of the mill. It feels like they filmed. They probably would have ended up filming like six of these 
over the course of two weeks or something. Yeah. Yeah, just not good. No. So, you know, when we, when we who love shit stuff as well are struggling to say anything, well, anything about it. I was going to say anything decent about it, but anything about it, I think says a lot. It was after the first five minutes, which I was engaged, like I said, through the shit dubbing and stuff going on, and then it just it just dragged and got boring and yeah. just never really made, you know, reached its potential of what I wanted it to be, unfortunately. So, yeah, I would, would avoid not not even worth a first-time watch, even, you know, at a, under 80 minutes. Keep keep that keep that 80 minutes of your life and watch, yeah. watch something else because it's not, it's not good. It wasn't a good choice. I do apologise, mate. That wasn't a good one. And, no, uh, <laughs> I, mean, I cannot argue. It was not. <laughs> it was not good. Um, and uh, yeah, shall we? Shall we move on? I know that, <laughs> that was very brief, a brief yeah, chat. But there's, yeah, that, there's nothing else. Nothing else to say about it. Hopefully, there'll be a lot more to say about this, which was, of course, your rewatch pick. A sensational crime. <laughs> An airtight alibi. We can't lay a finger on this guy. And a chain of evidence. Bring him in. Charles Bronson is a cop looking for a killer. And he's running out of time. Go ahead. Take me in. You can't punish me. When the guilty go free. The system is the crime. I'm a mean, selfish son of a bitch. But I want a killer, and what I want comes first. Well, how come I've never heard him mention a daughter? It seldom crosses his mind that he has one. He's one angry man with someone to protect. How long you with your father? He can make a difference. You like hurting girls? I won't answer that. Girls won't have anything to do with you, but you get back at them, don't you? I won't listen to your filth. <laughs> Gotta remind you about evidence obtained under duress. It's inadmissible, Leo. We got no evidence and we can't hold this kid. He's our man, Captain. I'm gonna get him. Found some blood. He's lying. There was no blood on my clothes and he knows it. How do you plead, Warren? Guilty or not guilty? Not guilty. The last thing I want to do is get involved with a cop. I don't blame you. Leo, I went back to the lab and I talked to the technician. And I asked him if you... Why didn't you ask me? You know why. We could nail them sooner or later. After counting how many more dead. We had to be stopped. Forget what's legal, do what's right. After all the evidence is in, he'll reach his own verdict and execute the sentence by the deadline when there is no justice. This man is the law. Ten to midnight. Charles Bronson. Lisa Eilbacher and Andrew Stevens in a Golong Globus production of a J. Lee Thompson film. Ten to midnight. Wow. There's there's a trailer where... There's a trailer. Wow, look at that. If that hasn't sold you on it, you don't even need us to talk about it. <laughs> you don't. We look can... at that. Yeah, I'll just... That's, play... that's even before Charles Bronson starts waving a fleshlight about. <laughs> Did they even mention that bit? Why did they not put that in the trailer? That's what it could have Why been. Why wasn't that just the trailer? Yeah, just that. Ten to Midnight, sponsored by Fleshlights. <laughs> so, yes, so, my pick was... 
10 to midnight, Buchanan, uh, Charles, like honestly, probably one of the, uh, probably the peak of a Charles Bronson Canon uh, collaboration. I know so there was quite a few, there were some mm-hmm. Death Wish films in there. Yeah. Most of them were directed by Jay Lee Thompson that weren't Death Wish films. But 10 to midnight, as I patched the Blu ray of it, was uh, is probably my favourite of a lot. Um, as I say, I've got my Blu ray, so let me read a little blurb on the back. Mm. Um, Charles Bronson is a hero all the way as a rogue cop. Fancy that. Serving mm. up vigilante justice. Fancy that. Mm. Bronson <laughs> plays Leo Kessler, cynical Los Angeles cop. Fancy that. <laughs> on the trail, <laughs> Warren Stacy, a homicidal maniac who turns rejection from beautiful women into the ultimate revenge. Um, when the legal system sets Stacy free, Kessler plants evidence to put pine bars are good. The plan backfires, leaving him with only option to hunt him down as his own before all. A crazed killer strikes again. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's I. I could barely remember any of this. It's been so long since I watched it. Tina had never watched it, so it was oh. the, it was the first time watch for her. Which again, we talked about this before. Uh, so I haven't so had nice. a thank you message yet. I'll, I mean, I'll well, wait on that. Well, you should be getting it, mate. You should be getting it because it was very enjoyable indeed. But it was um, it was as near as damn it a first time watch for me because there was only certain bits that I could remember. Um, I mean, when you've got like you said, Charles Bronson waving a flashlight around. <laughs> How can how, how can you forget that? <laughs> what the po- okay, so let's uh, elephant in the room. <laughs> so um, there's a suspect, William Stacy. Yeah, and they brought it in for questioning, and he just Bronson just has all of a sudden has this flashlight in his hand and starts screaming at him. Is just like you know what this is? This is for jacking off, isn't it? <laughs> it's for jacking off. He finds it. I mean, you could mistake it because he finds it. He's in the bathroom and he pulls open the drawer and he's, you know, he's looking for stuff. And you could mistake it for a weird hairdryer because it's got this handle thing on and where, like, like you know, like a hairdryer has, your traditional hairdryer. And then where the, the, like the hot air would normally blow out, you'd think, you know, it looks like it Dave. looks like it looks like a hairdryer that David Cronenberg made. It's like I mean, maybe. I mean, it looks more like a thermos flask with a dildo on the end of it, <laughs> which it probably is. Um, as I'm looking at a photo, why I've got a photo of this on my phone now. Charles Bronson just brandishing a flashlight. Yeah, there might you do know, mate. There could be people listening to this that don't know what a flashlight is, and and they're completely wow. lost still. Educational. Google that. Not at work. <laughs> yeah. And, and make sure you've got safe search off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And don't go follow any Amazon links and accidentally buy one or anything. Yeah. I mean, if you, unless you want to. I'm well, unless you want to, yeah. As endorsed by Charles Bronson. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if you've endorsed it, but you certainly seem to looked... want a scene where he's waving it about. Yeah. Anyway, so that's why Charles Bronson. Yeah. He never gives it Charles back. Bronson... He never gives it back. I'm pretty sure he kept it. Yeah, deleted scenes. I don't think there's any deleted scenes on the Blu-ray. <laughs> Check the Blu-ray for, for him taking it home. Anyways, this film is just sleazy. It's like the 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 killer, um, Warren Stacy, is just like, he's an incel, basically, and he wants to do all his killing naked. Naked, like, completely naked. But fair facts to the actor Gene Davis, he's just, he runs around, balls out, like, literally. Yeah. Blu-ray was a... a it shows up a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, like a scene where he jumps on a bed and he's just like, oh, there they are. 
yeah, flapping away. So yeah. uh, you know, he gives it his all. He's uh, <laughs> he's naked a lot in this, this film. This is for for a, an eighties film of of this genre. It is so unusual that there's more male nudity than female. Yeah, yeah. Any film of this era. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just like, you know, I mean, God, how long have we spoken about pointless nudity? Oh, there's God, always yeah. a female. Yeah. Uh, but this time, like, yeah, there's a couple of um, scenes, maybe not even that. There's uh, one where he takes a prostitute to a hotel mm-hmm. um, and uh, she's topless. I think that might be the only... There's not much. No, but no, it's basically him. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, fair fucks to me. He throws it all into this performance. He, he's just... This is the sort of thing where you just feel like you need a shower after watching it. It's like really yeah. like grimy and uncomfortable. A bit out of isn't like when you read that description, like it does sound like a normal eighties Charles Bronson. He's a rogue cop who doesn't yeah. give a damn yeah. and he'll do anything. Yeah. But like, like I mean, eighty-eight films they release that under their slashers classic. I mean, there's a lot of horror elements in this. That is a it is oh, a bit gosh, of a slasher yeah. film as well. But oh yeah, yeah. Because some of the, ki- the kills in it. in it, some of the kills are, would be straight out of a slasher film. Yeah, it really is. Um, but yeah, it's just grimy. It's a grimy film, and it's just got that weird. There's like it's just a bit weird in places. Like there's a scene. Like why is there a scene where Charles Bronson declares his hatred for Quiche? <laughs> I don't. It's just like it's, yeah. just, it's and, actual dialogue in this film. Yeah. Like he meet his uh, daughter works in a hospital, and he he's worried that she's going to be the next victim because, of course, her friend was one of the victims. Yeah, and that the hospital cafe getting lunch, and he mm. picks up a slice of quiche, and she, his daughter says, "Oh." I didn't know you like quiche. He's like, I hate quiche. I hate quiche. And then he, he's, yeah. he's got cold, and then he was just coleslaw. Like, he was just like, and then she was just like, oh, why did you pick it then? He's like, I thought it was pie. I'm just like, why is this being seen in the film? What is it? <laughs> character. We needed yeah. to know that about his character. He doesn't like quiche. He just, yeah. He, he gets confused with quiche and pie. And he picked coleslaw, even though coleslaw makes him sick. And it's like, what? He's distracted by the case. Yeah, that's it. At least we know his character's eating habits that that's important to know for the plot yeah <laughs> so he gets a new like he gets a new partner for this case um played by andrew stevens bit of a bland 80s mm. cop partner yeah yeah um sort of a f- little fledgling romance with him and the daughter um mm-hmm. which is funny because in most charles bonson films of this era the person playing his daughter is normally like the same age as the love interest so <laughs> but not in this there is no love interest to him in this case there isn't no that's no. unusual um I mean, this isn't love interest, but Wilfred Brimley's in it. I know when the titles came up. (laughs) Tina did a double take because for a second she thought it was, oh my God, what's his name? Is it Wilfred? Is it Wilfred Bramley from Steptoe and Son? (laughs) Just for a second. (laughs) I thought, what? Fucking old man Steptoe's in it. That would have been interesting. <laughs> that would have made for a, a very different film. Because I said that, I said, imagine that if it was him as that, and then he'd got Harry H. Corbett as oh. in, in Charles Bronson's role. I mean, what a right. film! I mean, that would have been interesting. It would have been. <laughs> um, but no, one of the downsides about this film is Wilfred Brimley's nowhere, not in it, no near enough. He's Mm-mm. only in a few scenes, just wearing a hat. Yeah, um, not just wearing a hat. Um, Jeffrey Lewis crops up as well as a as yeah. the defense attorney, which always is good. always it's good, always good to see him. But yeah, it's just like a good eighties cast, and it's just it's just really like enjoyable and just 
trashy and sleazy and it's a bit out of Bronson comfort zone, mm. I think. I mean, that's the thing, like, it's exactly what you said, mate. I think if people haven't watched this before and you just read the synopsis or whatever and then you think, oh, you know, it's a cheap death wish sort of rip off. Charles Bronson again, there's, you know, a cop after the kill and he's after revenge and blah, 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 blah. There, there is... The, there's a, there is a lot more to it than this, like you said, especially with the horror mm. elements in it. But with the revenge stuff, it, it's so good. I mean, I love it. I mean, it's not boring whatsoever. But there's a bit where it gets to a certain point in in the film where Charles Bronson is really pissed off with the killer. He knows <laughs> he knows this guy is the killer. But he's, you know, the killer keeps getting away with it. The people higher up in the police station, you know, oh, it's not him, it's not him. And so Charles Bronson basically stalks him. It's like in, if you remember in Dirty Harry, the first one, where Clint Eastwood is out on the streets and he's just like following Scorpio everywhere and, and harassing him and haranguing him. And he's, he starts doing like this, the same in this, Charles Bronson does with the killer. And I'm like, yes, I love it when you get like the cops so pissed off and doesn't give a shit about his own career and he's, he just wants this killer nailed. And you're just cheering for the cop and going, yeah, get the fucker. And then, you know, the killer's just continues killing, thinks he can get away with it uh, and, and just gets more and more, I was going to say more and more balls, ballsy then. Which, well, I mean, in a way, you're yeah, right yeah. on. Especially if you get the Blu-ray version. And... Ah, oh, yeah, it's it's so good. The, you know, you're cheering, you're cheering for, for Bronson just to get him. Um, but it is, yeah, it's violent, it's sleazy. There's this action in it. The characters are good. You know, sometimes you can get the characters and you don't really give a fuck about them. I think I think this was good. You know, my daughter was okay, and like you said, the yeah. thing, the most bland is probably the you know. Bronson's partner in it. Yeah, they... I mean, you bet you're bound to get that work for yeah. the younger male character. One character in particular, underrated character. This was one of the uh, so um, to uh, so he can go off and do a murder near the start. He, um, uh, Warren Stacy, um, constructs an alibi where he's at the cinema, mm. um, and to make himself as you know obvious at the cinema, he starts sleazing onto these two girls. Um, who are going to watch, just want to go and watch Butch and Sundance. Mm. Um, so he sits right next to one of them. Like, there's, in the nicest possible way, there's a one who's stunning and <laughs> one who is her friend. <laughs> um, and, you know, he's sleezing onto both of them and, you know, just like, you know, gets their name from the girl at the ticket counter and just like sits next to them and they go off and sit somewhere else you know, look behind him and see him in there. Then he goes off, cl- climbs out the toilet, you know, goes, does a nude murder, comes back, and then, you know, he sort of cracks onto him a bit more um, at the end of the film. That's his alibi. They yeah. were, you know. They saw, saw him. Yeah, they saw him at the start. The mid, I think they say the beginning, middle, and end, they saw him all the way through the film. So, yeah. you know, so he's made a bit of a exhibition of himself just so he's memorable. It's a great way to do an alibi as well, though, that. All right, Dave. I'll remember that. Giving you ideas. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, the other, the friend, it, oh my God, she's just like, she's well into him. Drew. And she, like, the, 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 like, the other girl, the, like, the very, very attractive one, she's just like, no, he's a dickhead, he's a sleazebag. Like, like he is. 
but this other word, oh, it's just so you feel bad for her. She's like, oh, he's just being nice. <laughs> <laughs> All those sorts of stuff. I was like, and then, which is pretty funny. It's just like, no, nah, he's a creepy fucker. He is. And he's just sat next to you. And, you, and she's like, you can't be that, you know, hard up. We're just like, oh, this complete stranger who's a bit of a sleazebag just sat next to us and started cracking onto us. <laughs> this is good. This is interesting. But then it gets worse when he's being interviewed at the police station just after the flashlight scene, I think, um, or before. Um, and, like, obviously, you've got the two-way mirror. And they've got the girls, they bring him these two girls from the cinema to, like, ID him. Yeah. And she's still a bit like, oh. So <laughs> you do know he's been brought in for in connection with a murder now, and you're still like, oh, no, he seems really nice. So it's like, <laughs> oh, it's just like, fucking hell. Yeah, but he's... It... You're, you're, embar- you're embarrassing yourself a little bit. He's a cute murderer, though, isn't he? He's, he's a cute... Oh, he's made probably, you know, he may... You may run around naked and stab people, yeah. and he's a bit of an incel. Yeah, he may. But he, he looked at me. <laughs> at me. <laughs> as he was... I felt bad for her character. I was like, oh, God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not a very flattering character at no, all. No, no, no. Being attracted to a like, guy. Just like murdered, right, murdering someone right in front of him. Well, let's... Uh, it might have been self-defence. Yeah. He did look at me. In, yeah, in, in just his latex <laughs> glove and... Blood, blood-covered butterfly knife. That's yeah, I've, I just thought that character was like, oh god. <laughs> but it does, like you said, with the just coming back again to the horror theme of it. There's there's a, a part without giving too much away, where he goes through a few female characters. Oh, that's probably where the most of the female nudity is. Thinking about it. Mm. Where he, he there's a succession of kills that he does all in this one place, and of course, once yeah. in the shower, you always get the you know because most of oh yeah yeah yeah. So, so that that's probably where the most nudity is is in there, and mm. that's you know very reminiscent of you know where you get the killer in the eighties horror films, and they'll go into you know girls' dormitory or yeah yeah know, the summer camp somewhere. It's very reminiscent of that, and vicious kills, and the girls are trying to hide and get out of the way and and screaming, and you've got this killer with just one thing on on the mind and just violently killing them uh yeah that was that was really horror all the way through i do love the ending of, of it as well um yeah and again fair play to the guy because he's you know again he's naked and he's just legging it through the streets with charles bronson running after him just start, yeah but they had start, to close off a few streets for that one <laughs> i think they'd have to as, as, as well he he really committed himself to the part and yeah, it it has, I think, a very satisfying ending. Again, we've talked about you know so many films. Oh, it's really good, it's really good, and then it's just a wet fart to finish. Mm. I like the ending of this, and I like what I like what the killer says, and what Bronson says, and then what happens. And it was like, yes, that's that's the ending that I wanted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a yeah. It's yeah. It's a strong ending. It gives it gives you what you want. Yeah. Um, I mean, the whole film does really. I mean, it's such oh, a. Yeah. I just remember the first time I watched it, and I was sort of on a bit of a. I was sort of going through my first sort of Bronson sort of cycle phase. A lot of these, lot of these canon ones I hadn't seen before. I'm like, they're all decent. I enjoy them all. Uh, Messenger of Death and stuff like that. Hmm. I mean, because of Bronson, just because of his. Like, this man has never been young. <laughs> it's like this, this it's perpetually not... old man yeah. playing the same character. And it's always like silly 80s, you know, but like in the canon ones. And then they came to this, and it was just like, Jesus, this is like, ugh, you know, like some yeah. of it's just really like 
grimy and like, geez. Yeah, it and, is uh, Yeah, it's a, it is a bit different. And yeah, it does lean to the horror a bit. And yeah, like good characters. Um, Bronson being Bronson, just he's basically just playing his Death Wish character, but he's yeah. a cop. I mean, it's, it's it is similar to Death Wish in that respect, but as Dave said, you know, there's there's a horror element, and yeah, uh, it's 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 a little different. It's a little different. And, yeah, uh, highly recommended. Yeah, me too. Um, well worth a rewatch, or if you've never seen it before, you know, well worth definitely a first time watch. Uh, oh, of course. And I'm sure there's people with, you know, those preconceived views of it and think, oh, it's that type of Bronson film again. And to some extent it is. Yeah, yeah. But it's also its own beast as well and just so enjoyable to watch. But, yeah, you probably do feel like having a shower when it's finished. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good one. It was a, it was a good rewatch pick, that one, mate. I was uh, very much enjoyed it. And I like the ones, the rewatch ones, where... I can hardly remember anything about it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Which made always... it made it even better still. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It might it might up the sales of flashlights now as well. More people go and yeah. watch it. Yeah, I wonder how many people will order Tend to Midnight on Blu-ray and a flashlight at the same time. <laughs> and if you are gonna do that, do it through the Amazon links on our website. <laughs> we yes, can't see who you are, but we can't see who you are. It's so all it's, anonymous. It's, it's fine. And there's no judgment here. No. It's done a lot worse. It's, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> and this, like, just this week, so. Yeah. You know, just... So, you know, no, no problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good rewatch pick. Loved it. Really, really good. Uh, shall, shall we move on then? Shall we move on? Uh, we'll be back in a minute because... Um, yeah, we need to know what are we going to talk about in the, well, in the July show. So, mm-hmm. first time watch. Yes. Well, I mean... As I've alluded to earlier, um, this is a little bit of my bad. <laughs> I just thought I could just swan on to Amazon, like <laughs> I own the place, go on Prime, find some weird thing that got some good letterbox reviews that neither of us seen. But I haven't been able to find anything. I should have left, shouldn't have left it so late. <laughs> so uh, as a little little twist, uh, you'll find out what my first time watch pick is when we talk about it. Mm. Yeah, get that question mark art ready, Dave, for yeah. Twitter. Get that ready and. Uh... If anybody does, you know, want to send us a tweet or an email with some suggestions for yeah, yeah, for eighties movies or eighties related, you know, because that's the beauty of this. Um, yeah, send us some suggestions, and you know, we could pick some of those. And if you want to, yeah, of course, yeah, send them over. Yeah, and if you want to, you know, type a few words about it, or or leave a little voice message on Speakpipe via our website, and you know, we'll put that into the show. But yeah, please, you know, if you want to give us some uh, suggestions, by all means, do. It would be really good. Uh, right, so that is uh, TPD on that one. Mystery pick. Oh, in, insert spooky music here. <laughs> my my rewatch pick, mate. I had a look. The last time you watched it was October 2017. So okay. nearly five years ago. The last time I watched it, oh, I mean, we're talking definitely over 10 years ago. Definitely. Could be 15. Um, and the reason I'm picking it is because... We gave the director of this a bit of a hammering in one show not too long ago. Uh-oh. And both myself and Chris in an entertainment show not too long ago gave him a bit of a hammering for a film he directed. So I thought, 
let's give him a, let's give him another chance. Let's do a rewatch pick. And um, yeah, the film that we gave him a hammering for is shall ever be known from now on is from two thousand and one, and it's called Drivel. <laughs> for us, it's called Drivel. For other people, it's called Driven. But after rewatching it. It's drivel. Uh, me and Chris, we he picked as his double dip pick. He picked, um, oh my God, I've forgotten the bloody name of it now. It was so bad. The Misfits mm. from 2021. Absolutely God awful. So the director is, of course, Rennie Harlin. And I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick, it was released in 90, but the film is actually set on Christmas Eve, 1989. Mm. And it's Die Hard 2. Interesting. I had two. Now it's I know, a, obviously. I, I've got 2017. I'd have thought early, like, you know, even longer ago. Mm. But no, I guess that's. Uh... Yeah. I mean, I've, everybody is so familiar with Die Hard, of course. Yeah, it's no point. Yeah. And, you know, so. Die Hard 2. Die yeah, Hard 2. Know. Now I remember, I've probably watched it, I've watched it a fair <laughs> few times. You know, I've mm. four or five, half a dozen maybe over the years. Um, and like I said, definitely absolute minimum 10 years since I've watched it. And I remember enjoying it. And I remember it was at an airport. And I remember certain scenes and about, well, I'm not going to give anything because we'll go through it. But I thought it'd be interesting to revisit Die Hard. Yeah. Die Hard 2. And especially with, we talked about in the last episode, what's happened with Bruce Willis as well. Hmm. So yeah. let, let's visit him and probably one of his best known characters, but not in the first one. Let's go to number two and give, give Rennie Harlan another, another Rennie chance. Rennie Harlan can do decent films. He so, can. Uh... I mean, Cliffhanger, obviously, is an absolutely amazing one. You know, Long Kiss Goodnight is incredible. Um but yeah, let's... yeah, like Elm Street Four, yeah, isn't it? Deep Blue Sea. I yeah. mean, Deep Blue Sea's a laugh. Um, but yeah, Ford Fairlane, my God. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but he's also done some fucking yeah. shit. So I thought, mm, let's yeah, let's, let's see what will hopefully be on a rewatch a decent Rennie Harlan film. So yeah, Die Hard Two. Nice. Yeah, and again, if people want to send us a tweet or an email and their thoughts about Die Hard Two. Please get it to us before we usually record about the just before the final week of the month. So get it to us early, mid July, and we'll read it out and what you think of Die Hard 2. So it'll be yeah. good. Yeah. And that's it, mate. And yeah, we got through the films pretty quickly, as we thought. <laughs> we thought yeah, we, we did actually, yeah. 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 And we Half talked an hour, about, I think, for both. Yeah. And we talked about 10 to Midnight more, which we thought we would do. And yeah. <laughs> We had got a lot to catch up on, though. That's the thing. When you've not recorded for two months, hmm. there is a lot of you know stuff to catch up on, 80s-related news and everything. So until uh, our July show, hopefully everything goes to plan and we'll be back to a monthly show again. Yes. Um, yeah. Ne- never back to weekly back in the XP oh trust days, mate. Couldn't, couldn't do that anymore. Impossible. <laughs> couldn't do that. <laughs> if people want... I found as well, just to finish off how we started... Um, just to, you know, a little celebration of 10 years podcasting together. If uh, there's a site called, I think it's called listennotes.com. If you type that in um, or go to there or type in 80s Picture House plus Listen Notes, it lists all 178 episodes. It gives the title of the show and it gives the little synopsis of each episode. <laughs> the shows aren't on there. They're no longer online. I've still got all the shows on an external drive here. Uh, but you can you can go through some of the synopsis, some of the titles, uh, but some of the synopsis of some of the shows made, made me chuckle, reminded me of what was 
in the shows. So that's worth a little look for a little bit of nostalgia as well, if you go to Listen Notes and search Freddy's Picture House. Uh, there are still uh, interview shows to be released that we did together, mate, back in those days as well. And we'll, we recently re-released the Doro one, so we'll um, figure out what the next one is going to be. Maybe we should do the William Malone one, because we'll be talking about the, you know, the bottom 100 uh, IMDb movies, won't we? Which, you know, yeah. one of his films is on. So that might be the next one that we release. So there you go. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully we've got at least another 10 years recording together. Of course. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, you've, you, the listener, have got things to get in touch with us if you're about, should you so want to. Hopefully you do. And we'll be back in July. Until then, Tom, you can rest your voice now. <laughs> I know. Poor, it's not been too bad. It's not been too bad. As long as you've not been struggling too much, at least you're, you know, you're, you're on the out of that horrible thing now. So yes. uh, you can recover properly. And uh, yeah, we'll have more st- stuff to talk about in the next show. So until then, we shall bugger off. And you'd think after 10 years, we would have a good way to finish every show. But we don't. We just sort of tail off and say goodbye. And that's about it. So goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. 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 See you. We could even be unprofessional and talk over the end's music. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm looking at this, um, these podcast notes. Or this Listen, what's it? website some of the uh night names of the uh (laughs) we have to say that's a good one ass cakes ass cakes ass cakes what name for a show sexy sounds and shitty skype oh shitty skype oh my god for so long skype was our just nemesis oh god yeah, I saw There's a one. time and place for animated dicks. <laughs> oh, we've we've always been so high class, haven't we? Professional poo, yeah. Professional poo, nice one. There's one. Oh, it's it's an early episode, and in the synopsis, it says something along the lines of, "As Tom prepares to leave his twenties." <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> oh, mate. It's like, oh, back when you were a young pup. Oom, popper, mow, mow. <laughs> back in your 20s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's some, there's some weird and wonderful um, descriptions and stuff in there. Well, it's nice to see the notes anyway. It is nice to see the notes, yeah. I just have Coughing a... and spluttering into 2015, oh God. <laughs> how, how apt. <laughs> As we're still coughing and spluttering.